The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. You can find me on Twitter at Davis Maddock. In this episode of the podcast, we are continuing our series of fantasy football team previews, this time tackling the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before we get into the fantasy football team preview, I, of course, want to remind you to purchase our NFL 365 package for $39.99. That includes our projections that are powered by the Daily Roto Powered Projection model, expert rankings, premium content, uh, best ball tools, uh, and all sorts of strategy articles designed to help you not only win your home league, but also compete in high stakes leagues, the FFPC, uh, the Football Guys Players Championship, really any sort of competitive fantasy football format. We have your back. I, I, I solemnly swear to you that we have your back. We want you to win your league, and we have all of the tools available that you need to win your league. And so now, uh, oh, and also, you can get 10% off of that package using the promo code MATIC. So uh, $39.99, 10% off using promo code MATIC, M-A-T-T-E-K. Now, digging into the Jacksonville Jaguars, they have a new quarterback room with Nick Foles as the starter, Gardner Minshew as the primary backup, and Tanner Lee as the third-string quarterback. Gone is Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler, who last year combined to go 5-11. and 11. The team threw for 6.4 adjusted yards per attempt. They were only able to run the ball for 4.1 yards per attempt. This was not a good offensive football team last year. Uh... There really is not anything to say about Nick Foles. Uh, he's not draftable, really, in best ball formats. Not someone that I, I... I honestly think that through 100 plus drafts, I haven't taken Nick Foles once. And the reason why I haven't taken Nick Foles is that I think there's probably a good chance that at some point of the year, they're they're just going to bench. They're just going to bench him, and they're going to see if Gardner Minshew can play. Uh, he did sign a really big contract, though. Four-year, $88 million contract. Uh, $50 million in guarantees, and it, it just seems like a lot of money, and they really did want to upgrade on Blake Bortles. They think that they can probably somewhat compete this year. Uh, I would disagree with them on that, but I guess that it certainly is possible. But the, the thing with Foles is that I think more so than almost any other quarterback— Foles is reliant on good coaching. When he does not have good coaching, uh, when he does not have really good weapons surrounding him, he's not going to have a good year. So his first year in the NFL, he had 6.4 adjusted yards per attempt. Then he had the crazy Chip Kelly year. He had 9.1 adjusted yards per attempt. Then he got a little worse, 7 adjusted yards per attempt. Then he went to St. Louis. He had 6.1 adjusted yards per attempt. Then in Kansas City, he was the backup, uh, only played in four games. In Philadelphia in 2017, he was horrible. In uh, seven starts, he had 5.3 adjusted yards per attempt. And then you probably think that I'm about to say that Foles was really good last year. You probably think I'm going to say he went 4-1. and one, He was awesome. The thing is that he really was not. He averaged only seven yards per adjusted attempt. He threw seven touchdowns and four interceptions in those five games. And he was only able to average three. His touchdown percentage on throws was 3.6%, which was actually the second lowest of his career and worse than his 
his other year in Philadelphia when uh, he replaced Carson Wentz. So what do I think of Nick Foles? I think his career adjusted yards per attempt of seven is probably pretty close to who he is. I don't think that he is that 2013 quarterback. And I don't, I, I would say that I definitely am not really a believer in the John Filippo, Doug Marone offense. Though I will say I'm, I'm encouraged for the Jacksonville wide receivers that John Filippo is big on, uh, he's big on passing attempts. He, he wants to throw the ball a lot. In 2015 in Cleveland, they were the 11 seventh heaviest pass offense in Minnesota last year. They were the sixth heaviest passing offense. And so even if Foles is not super productive, super effective, I still think that Jacksonville is pretty likely to throw the ball a lot. So this is a sort of a long-winded discussion on Nick Foles to say not really draftable. I guess he's he's fine in like two quarterback leagues or whatever. And I guess maybe the market is probably a little bit wrong on him because is there anything really differentiating Nick Foles from Stafford, Darnold, Dalton, Mariota from a fantasy football perspective? Probably not, but Foles goes, you know, 30 or 40 picks later than Matthew Stafford. So maybe Foles is like, okay, in a two-quarterback league, whatever. He he offers absolutely no rushing upside. Uh, I guess, man, how crazy was that 2013 season for Foles? He ran 57 times for 221 yards that year. Just a, just an absolute outlier season, the likes of which we've... We, that's the only year that Foles ever finished finished inside the top 29 of uh, of the fa- of fantasy quarterbacks was in 2013 just a, just an absolutely absurd year from Nick Foles so that's what we have uh, that's what we have for Nick Foles that's about that's about all that I can give you guys on Nick Foles moving to the running back position Leonard Fournette is the starting running back but there are a lot of guys behind him so many guys that I'm thinking that the Jaguars probably understand that Leonard Fournette is not that good and also possibly uh, injury prone so they have veteran Alfred Blue behind him they have veteran special teamer and third down back Benny Cunningham they drafted Ryquel Armstead out of Temple they have Thomas Rawls, the former Seattle Seahawk running back, on the roster. So they, they just have a lot of different ways they can go at running back. Our projections actually don't hate Fournette in terms of outright production. The issues that I would see with Fournette are twofold. The first is uh, he's injury prone. So he played only in eight games last year, played in 13 games as a rookie. He had 48 targets in those 13 games. He had 22 targets in his eight games last year, 2.8 receptions per game in each season, which is a little weird, and exactly 8.4 yards per reception in both seasons, which, again, very weird. Uh, that doesn't have anything to do with his fantasy ability, but it is a little odd. So the, the things you would say in the pro column for Leonard Fournette The team probably expects to use him like a workhorse, at least to start the season. The team probably expects him to be their primary running back. I don't necessarily think that those things are the most likely scenario, but they are there. If you're drafting sort of like hyper-fragile teams, so teams that need everything to go right, Leonard Fournette's 90th percentile outcome is pretty good. He could certainly be a top 10 fantasy running back. I don't think that that would be the most crazy thing that would ever happen. The thing that would need to happen for him to get there is the Jaguars would have to be pretty good on offense. They would have to be markedly better on offense than they were last year. Fournette would not be able to lose the passing down snaps to Cunningham, Armstead, or Blue. He'd have to be their primary goal line back. So they would just have to use him uh, 
very frequently. He would have to score double-digit touchdowns, and he would definitely have to find a way to average more than 3.3 yards per attempt. So last year in eight games, he was only able to average uh, 54 rushing yards per game. That that was a lot less than he did in 2017. And, you know, I, I, I guess overall with Leonard Fournette, I would say I just don't see him as an above-replacement-level running back, and I don't see him getting like a crazy monopoly of the backfield work. So unlike someone like Josh Jacobs or Aaron Jones or Marlon Mack, like kind of these mid-round running backs, I don't think he has the few things in his upside column to make him worth drafting where he's being drafted right now. Marlon Mack, you could easily see having a crazy season where the Colts win a lot of games, he scores a lot of touchdowns because they're playing from ahead. Josh Jacobs could get like 80% of the backfield touches for Oakland. Aaron Jones could be the primary running back with an elite quarterback, score a lot of touchdowns. He could see, you know, 80 targets over the course of the season, and those things would be more like 75th percentile outcomes. Whereas with Fournette, it seems that, uh, you know, an 80-target season with 245 rushes and 12 touchdowns is really more like a 90th percentile outcome as opposed to a 75th percentile outcome. And the team seems to acknowledge that just by how many running backs they've added to the roster. Like it's weird to have spent the fourth overall pick on a running back two years ago, then sign two veteran running backs, sign a third veteran running back as a camp body, and then also have draft Reichwell Armstead, who was like a pretty productive player at Temple. Uh, and he was actually out at mandatory minicamp, but he is back for training camp. And I, I think he's probably likely to be the primary backup. And he's definitely someone that I am interested in drafting as like a zero RB candidate, just because I don't have very much Leonard Fournette. Probably I have Fournette on like, I don't know, two or 3% of my best ball teams over like a, a lot of best ball teams. I, I just don't think that he can be, I, I just don't think he's comparable to the guys that he is being drafted next to. So now we need to move to the wide receivers. And unlike uh, the running backs, I actually think the wide receivers are sort of interesting. So the projected starting running back, starting wide receivers for Jacksonville are Marquise Lee, D.D. Westbrook, and Chris Conley. However, it seems that Marquise Lee is not going to be healthy. Uh, Beat writers in Jacksonville uh, basically say that it's unlikely that he's going to have a significant role. He's not a lock to be ready by week one due to coming off of the ACL tear. Uh, D.D. Westbrook, DJ Shark, and Chris Conley have been the top three wide receivers in camp. Uh, Basically, the dead money on Lee's contract is why he has not been cut. He's injured. Uh, I just don't think he's got the juice left. So Lee was someone that I was drafting a little bit earlier in the offseason, he's basically off my board now. I I think it's possible he could have like a 95 target season if he comes back in week two or three or maybe plays in a limited role in week one, but I don't think it is the most likely outcome. What I do think is the most likely outcome is that D.D. Westbrook leads this team in targets, leads this team in receiving yards, and leads this team in receiving touchdowns. Westbrook had 101 targets last year in 16 games. Uh, He actually had nine rushing attempts as well. He had five receiving touchdowns, and he averaged 7.1 yards per target, which uh, is a little bit better than it sounds because Blake Bortles was the quarterback. And worth noting, at least to me, that Westbrook was also pretty good as a rookie, even though he was a fourth-round draft pick. So he played in seven games as a rookie, 51 targets, averaged 12.6 yards per reception. Westbrook is a former Bolitnikoff winner. He is, uh, as the kids would say, he is lightning fast. Uh, That's like the one skill set he has that's very above average. And 
Westbrook is like a difference-making kind of player. Uh, Their guys like this tend to do well in this modern NFL. You know, he's good playing out of the slot. He's good playing out of the boundary. And he's able to run a lot of routes close to the line of scrimmage. We saw this happen last year where Dante Moncrief was the high average depth of target guy. But what Westbrook overall seems like the favorite to lead the team in targets, especially if Lee is going to be injured because Chris Conley has generally been a low, and Chris Conley has always been a low volume wide receiver in his career. DJ Shark is definitely interesting. Uh, he is a former second round draft pick, but was really basically did not play at all as a rookie and is way behind some of the other uh, second year wide receivers. He only had 32 targets last season, zero touchdowns, but like he's a guy whose draft pedigree and physical tools make me interested in him from a like best ball perspective. Uh, I probably, I take like for, I, I would take more DJ shark in best ball than I would take Leonard Fournette. And he's someone that I've also acquired in deep dynasty leagues. Because if you, if you look at the Jacksonville receiving depth chart from last year, Dante Moncrief's 89 targets, gone. TJ Yeldon's 78 targets, gone. Uh, you know, And then after that, it's like Keelan Cole had 70, James O'Shaughnessy had 38, but they were like a really low volume passing offense, and they spread it out to uh, you know a, a lot of guys who are not NFL quality players. So the offense is like different personnel-wise in 2019 than it was in 2018. So in terms of fantasy prospects for the wide receivers, I think Westbrook and Shark are good values. Like Westbrook is a value where he's being drafted to me. I like slightly prefer him to Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Cole, Keelan Cole, if, if he starts out the season good, like if, if he comes out and he's the starting wide receiver over Conley or Shark, I would maybe come back and be interested in him. But I'm also not trying to be overly invested in this passing offense. The tight end situation to me seems like a pretty clear stay away outside of like very deep leagues. Third round tight end Josh Oliver suffered a serious hamstring injury. However, he was like a standout in the preseason, but a rookie tight end missing time in training camp, being ready for week one, learning the offense, figuring things out probably not going to happen. So basically can write him off from a fantasy perspective for his rookie year. Jeff Swaim is now the unquestioned starter after signing a two-year $6.6 million contract in March. His only competition just suffered a big hamstring injury. So Swain was on the injured reserve last year, but had the best year of his career, 32 targets, 26 receptions, 242 yards, and a touchdown in nine games. Um, Is Jeff Swain a great player? Should you be rushing to uh, get him off your dynasty waiver wire, draft him as your second tight end in best balls? Uh, no, probably not. That's, that's probably not a very good idea, but there is like a, there's a a little bit of reason to think, you know, some tight end is going to get targets in this offense. It's probably not going to be Ben Koyak. You know, it's probably not going to be James O'Shaughnessy. These guys are break glass in case of emergency style players. So, you know, could Jeff Swain see 65 targets? Yeah, I mean, it's possible. Keelan Cole, TJ Yeldon, Dante Moncrief, like they all had in between 70 and 90 targets last year. We think Westbrook's role will probably stay the same. We don't think Chris Conley's going to be in a high volume role. DJ Shark probably scales up to like 60 targets, but there's still other targets to be had in this offense, especially if they're not, if, if, no true like third down TJ Yeldon style running back emerges out of blue Cunningham Armstead or Rawls and they're they're just using Fournette. Probably there are targets to be had for one of Shark or Swaim to be like fantasy usable, and that's uh, like a preseason battle to be worth monitoring, uh, especially for DFS players and in deeper fantasy football leagues. So that is going to do it for us here at the 
Roto Experts Fantasy Football Podcast, previewing the Jacksonville Jaguars. If you like these shows, if you want more of our in-depth content and analysis, you can find all of that on rotoexperts.com. You can get 10% off of our NFL 365 package with projections, rankings, premium content, customizable cheat sheets, best ball tools, and more for $39.99 and get 10% off using the promo code MATIC.